Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. Unlike the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John doesn't begin with a historical Jesus, at least not in the way we might think of telling someone's story. Instead, the reader is introduced at once to the word, capital W, which in the Greek is logos, who is not identified with Jesus until the end of the prologue. Now, this opening occurs outside of the normal time and space of the story itself, what we might think of as history. It starts before the world began in the place where God dwells with the word, the light. And here's the point. The whole story of the historical Jesus begins before history. Which is kind of a weird way to think about it, if you think about it. (laughs) Hey, Hopeful, welcome to today's slice of our Monday through Saturday journey through the Bible in a year time together, reading through every bit of God's revelation of himself and considering our own life and work stories in light of that and Keeping it real along the way, this sinus thing has me, I don't know, five or six days behind for the first time ever in six and a half years, but is what it is, and here we go. Now, relative to this whole story beginning outside of space and time, the narrative camera then zooms in from this kind of, I don't know, big picture shot down to life level with the introduction of John, who is not the word, but merely the one who introduces the world to the word. And the word reveals the glory of God. He's the hero, the protagonist of the story, and introduced here in such a grand cosmic fashion. I think it's useful to remember, particularly in light of the fact that a good chunk of the church today doesn't believe that Jesus was fully God, fully man, it's good to remember that the whole story of the historical Jesus begins, yeah, before history. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light. He came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was created through him. And yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own and his own people didn't receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, 
but of God. The Word, capital W, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed His glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now John testified concerning Him and exclaimed, This is the one of whom I said, The one coming after me ranks ahead of me, because He existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from His fullness, for the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son who is himself God and is at the Father's side. He has revealed him. My friends, I hope that made sense. That is one of the deeper things in the entirety of the Bible. Which is why I'm comfortable making a statement like the whole story of the historical Jesus begins before his history, uh, before any history. And uh, my friends, that is why we cannot live what you might call Jesus and, you know, Jesus and the will of man, Jesus and me doing the right things, Jesus and, right? It's just, just Jesus. And as we turn back to um, our Old Testament passage in Deuteronomy, it's funny. um, John says, the law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus. And, um, you know, you might recall that Moses ends or ended his first address by highlighting three key elements of Israel's gospel which was salvation through Yahweh's or God's awesome actions, covenant relationship with Yahweh, and the knowledge of his will through the revelation of the Torah, the teachings, right? What we call the Pentateuch, all of which are grounded in and driven by divine grace, right? It's not about keeping the law. It's all grounded in and driven by grace, So Jesus, incarnation, Christmas, all this stuff is happening right here in December 2023. All that was ordained before history began. Now, in his second address, Moses expounds on the nature and significance of Israel's covenant relationship with God. And uh, as you're going to hear today, what are we supposed to do? Or I should say Israel was to acknowledge that God, not the fertility gods of Canaan, The God is the source of all blessings in the land and was also um, to acknowledge that blessing is a product of God's grace. Listen for it. Deuteronomy 7. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are entering to possess and he drives out many nations before you, the Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, Megabytes, Gigabytes. Seven nations more numerous and powerful than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you and you defeat them, you must completely destroy them. Make no treaty with them and show them no mercy. Let me pause. If we were going to put that in New Testament terms, what do you do? Oh, you've been saved. Jesus just saved you. What do you do? Uh, You must completely destroy sin. You've been given the power over sin and death, 
right? Make no treaty with your sin. Show your sin no mercy. All right, I'm going to keep growling here. We got a lot to, to get through today. Make no treaty with them and show them no mercy. You must not intermarry with them. You must not give your daughters to their sons or take their daughters for your sons because they will turn your sons away from me to worship other gods. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you and he will swiftly destroy you. Instead, this is what you are to do to them. Tear down their altars, smash their sacred pillars, cut down their Asherah poles and burn their carved images for you You are a holy people belonging to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be his own possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord had his heart set on you and chose you not because you were more numerous than all the peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples, but because the Lord loved you, and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors, he brought you out with a strong hand and redeemed you from the place of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know that the Lord, your God, is God, the faithful God who keeps his gracious covenant loyalty for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commands. But he directly pays back and destroys those who hate him, He will not hesitate to pay back directly the one who hates him. So keep the command, the statutes and the ordinances that I'm giving you to follow today. If you listen to and are careful to keep these ordinances, the Lord your God will keep his covenant loyalty with you as he swore to your ancestors. He will love you, bless you, and multiply you. He will bless your offspring and the produce of your land, your grain, new wine, and fresh oil, the young of your herds, and the newborn of your flocks in the land he swore to give your ancestors. You will be blessed above all peoples. There will be no infertile male or female among you or your livestock. The Lord will remove all sickness from you. He will not put on you all the terrible diseases of Egypt that you know about, but he will inflict them on all who hate you, You must destroy all the peoples the Lord your God is delivering over to you and not look on them with pity. Do not worship their gods, for that will be a snare to you. Now, if you say to yourself, these nations are greater than I, how can I drive them out? Don't be afraid of them. Be sure to remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and all Egypt. The great trials that you saw, the signs and wonders, the strong hand and outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. The Lord your God will do the same to all the peoples you fear. The Lord your God will also send hornets against them until all the survivors and those hiding from you perish. Don't be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, the great and awesome God, is among you. The Lord your God will drive out these nations before you, little by little, you will not be able to destroy them all at once. Otherwise, the wild animals will become too numerous for you. The Lord your God will give them over to you and throw them into great confusion until they are destroyed, and he will hand their kings over to you. You will wipe out their names under heaven. No one will be able to stand against you 
you will annihilate them. Burn up the carved images of their gods and don't covet the silver and gold on the images and take it for yourself, or else you will be ensnared by it, for it is detestable to the Lord your God. Do not bring any detestable thing into your house, or you will be set apart for destruction like it. You are to abhor and detest it utterly because it is set apart for destruction. Carefully follow every command that I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and take possession of the land the Lord your Lord swore to your ancestors. Remember that the Lord your God led you on the entire journey these 40 years in the wilderness so that, so that he might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you by letting you go hungry, and then he gave you manna to eat, which you and your ancestors had not known, so that you might learn that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. My friends, did you just hear that? I'm just going to pause because you're zoning out. You're bringing, coming, come on back, come on back. He humbled you by letting you go hungry. Then he gave you manna to eat, which you and your ancestors had not known. He provided a solution you couldn't even have conceived of so that you might learn that every man and woman does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Deuteronomy 8, 3. Continuing. Your clothing didn't wear out, and your feet did not swell these 40 years. Keep in mind that the Lord your God has been disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. So keep the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land a land with streams and springs and deep water sources flowing in both valleys and hills, a land of wheat, barley, vines, figs, and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat food without shortage, where you will lack nothing, a land whose rocks are iron and from whose hills you will mine copper. And when you eat and when you are full, you will bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Now be careful, be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God by falling, failing to keep his commands and ordinances and statutes that I'm giving you today. When you eat and are full and build houses to live in and your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold multiply and everything you have, you, that you have increases, be careful that your heart doesn't become proud and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, a thirsty land where there was no water. He brought water out of the flint rock for you, and he fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your ancestors had not known, in order to humble and test you, so that in the end he might cause you to prosper. You may say to yourself, my power and my own ability have gained this wealth for me. But remember that the Lord, your God, gives you the power to gain wealth in order to confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors as it is today. 
If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods to serve them and bow in worship to them, I testify against you today that you will certainly perish. Like the nations that the Lord is about to destroy before you, you will perish if you do not obey the Lord your God. Listen, Israel. Today you are about to cross the Jordan to enter and drive out nations greater and stronger than you. With large cities fortified to the heavens, and the people are strong and tall, descendants of the Anakim, and you know about them and have heard it said about them when people have said, Who can stand up to the sons of Anak? But understand that today, today, the Lord your God will cross over ahead of you as a consuming fire, and he will devastate and subdue them before you. You will drive them out and destroy them swiftly, as the Lord has told you. And when the Lord your God drives them out before you, do not say to yourself, The Lord brought me in to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. Instead, the Lord will drive out these nations before you because of their wickedness. You are not going to take possession of their land because of your righteousness or your integrity. Instead, the Lord your God will drive out these nations before you because of their wickedness in order to fulfill the promise he swore to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, because you are a stiff-necked people. All right, my friends, that's chapters 7 and 8 and up through chap, uh, verse 6 of chapter 9. Notice there three times in a row, like three times in a row, it says, yo, this isn't happening because you're so amazing. I'm actually driving out these other people because of their wickedness. And my friends, if you want one of the thornier questions in the world of Christianity, it is, why did God command the destruction of the Canaanites? And the short answer is, it was capital punishment. They deserved the consequences that they got from a just God. And a just and good God has the right, right? He's the creator. He has the right to execute or deliver that perfect justice, including capital punishment, Whenever he so chooses, does he not? Which makes his patience for us all the more uh, gracious. Right? The whole history, the whole story of the historical Jesus begins before history, including, for some reason that's beyond me, his grace. So think about it. As we turn to our wisdom segment, we're in Proverbs right now for today. We pick up in chapter 20 at verse 11, and if you were looking at Proverbs as a whole, chapters 20, 21, most of 22, are warnings against wrong choices, which is not unlike what, what, what uh, Moses was just saying there at the end of his second speech. Three different times, he's like, this isn't happening because of your righteousness. It's happening because of their wickedness. Meaning, God's, all the stuff that you've got isn't because you earned it. It's because of God's grace. Proverbs 20, picking up at 11. 
Even a young man is known by his actions, by whether his behavior is pure and upright. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord made them both. Don't love sleep or you will become poor. Open your eyes and you'll have enough to eat. It's worthless, worthless, the buyer says. But after he's on his way, he gloats. There is gold and a multitude of jewels, but knowledgeable lips are a rare treasure. Uh, I like that. I think we'll just pause right there. My friends, if you want to recall the treasure of wisdom, remember that Jesus is the eternal God. We can't talk about a New Testament Jesus who is a God of love and an Old Testament God who's a grumpy old man. Right? The whole story of the historical Jesus begins before what you and I think of as history. And um, regardless of what we might think, his grace is what we need. Lord God, I just pray that you will help that sink deeply for us today. Help us to see clearly in Old Testament and New Testament, Lord, how much you love us. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen. <laughs>